Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This is ESPN Radio. The landscape of college sports, Ian, it's a little bit like, what the bleep though, right? I mean, it is because you can't even keep track of what's happening. You don't know who's where. When we had on Bob Bowlesby, the former Big 12 commissioner, and if you missed that, check out the podcast on the ESPN app. He had said, we just can't count now because, of course, now the Big 12 is like the Big 16, and I I don't even know what the Big 10, what we're up to now. The Pac-12, I think, is the Pac-4, whatever. It's changing so fast that I do think ultimately these conferences should change their names, but I wouldn't do it yet either. (laughs) No, it's a brand, and the brand is what sells. You only have two that are actually... And when it comes to addition, they're correct, and that's the SEC and the ACC. Everybody else can't count. I mean, right. Yeah, so – but it is the brand, and, and that's why they're not going to change the number, at least not yet, and I don't think they ever will. But, again, is this good for, for collegiate athletics going forward? No. Will we get used to it? Absolutely. And in the moment, it stinks. It's sad that the Pac-12 is gone, that this remarkably historic conference, and not just football, but basketball, baseball. You go on down the list, name it, man. I mean, it's – it's it's sad. It is. But in a year, two years, we'll be used to it. I mean, we, we will because we are obsessed with college football. And and that's the co- every college fan uh, at any big time institution. They are not passionate about their team. I've said this a million times. They are obsessed with their teams. Mm-hmm. Heck, in the SEC right now. I mean, we're, we're what? Three weeks away from kickoff. I'll be in Orlando for LSU, Florida State. Right now, it's football, family, and religion mm-hmm. in that order. Yeah, I mean, that's life, right? That's Florida, certainly life. Know. Oh, I know. I cannot wait. I know. I mean, football defined my entire life. Football was my first love. I started going to Gator games before I could walk. I, I went to nearly every one growing up with my father because I grew up pretty close, about two and a half hours south of Gainesville here in Sarasota, Florida. And football shaped my life, my love and affection for the Gators, the Steve Spurrier years. It is why I am sitting here, Ian, with you. I mean, quite literally, it, it ended up being what I built my entire livelihood off of because of that affection, that deep, deep affection for college football. That's how a lot of fans feel. So a sad day for those fans in the Pac-12. But let's get another angle on this. A professor at Notre Dame was kind enough to give us a call. Stephen is calling us from his car. Thanks, Stephen, for the call. Go ahead. Good morning uh, from uh, downtown Chicago. I'm driving in with, I think, a perspective that I at least haven't read or heard uh, too much from, and that is, from the academic side, as a faculty member at Notre Dame, you know, I really feel for my colleagues at uh, my alma mater, the University of California, and at Stanford, uh, despite our rivalry, uh, because I think that really what's being lost in the shuffle and the discussion about big-time money and big-time college athletics is the student experience, right? The, I think, uh, biggest point uh, where this is coming to a head right now is in the 
the boardrooms and the discussion at the University of California, for instance, where I think it's likely that football might get completely, you know, shut down, unfortunately. And it's, it's I think, speaking to this larger sort of uh, longstanding, obviously, issue about the student part of the student-athlete role that I see my students struggle with, right? Even at a place like Notre Dame, which places so much value on the student experience of the student-athletes, it's still, you know, really hard to to see my, my student-athletes struggle with their schedules, then struggle with their mental health, then struggle with their academics, when they're supposed to be, you know, at least getting some semblance of a useful academic experience to take into their lives, right, into their normal lives beyond college athletics. And so I think that, you know, uh, you know, people have been talking about this, you know, here and there a little bit, but really from, from my end, you know, the person who has to work with these students on a daily basis, the person who has to, you know, shuffle around assignments and be as cognizant and as understanding as possible when I see my, you know, 18, 19, 20-year-olds having to, you know, run around the country representing our, our fine institution, university, on the athletic field. Uh, it's a, uh, it's, it's, I think, going to become even more difficult, right, um, especially for, you know, the places like the UCLA's or the USC's, you know, other, you know, highly esteemed academic institutions who are now going to have to be flying off to Jersey, going to have to be flying off to State College, you All know. Right, professor, and, let me and, ask you this. And, and, hey, Professor, yeah. quick question. Having said that about travel, yes, how would you be about granting extensions if you know you've got a softball player that's in your class and she just had to fly from you know SC over to Maryland and back again, yet she has a, a massive you know term paper due on Friday. She got back at 3 a.m. How are you about granting extensions? What would you do? I mean, this goes uh, you know, we had to deal with things like this during the pandemic when I had students taking, you know, my class over Zoom that were in Shanghai and they were on at three, four in the morning. I think the last few years have really opened up a lot of possibilities. Obviously, we have, you know, uh, Zoom uh, to kind of come in and save the day and things like that. Uh, I am personally as flexible as humanly possible, uh, especially with my student athletes, because I know how much pressure they're on to perform in both the class and on the field. Thanks, Professor, for the call. I appreciate it. That's an interesting perspective. That student perspective certainly is something that gets a bit lost in this, Ian. And the reality is these university presidents and chancellors aren't making the decision based on the student perspective. I think that they're expecting the students will adjust because there's so much money at stake. And I think ultimately what they're thinking, and this is what I would be thinking if I was running running these universities as well, like, yes, there is a lot of sad components to this story. And that is one of them about the extra difficulty now on these athletes, particularly that play the other sports, right? Who now are going to be flying from, you know, Oregon to Morgantown. And how is that going to affect things? You're flying across the country. And by the way you really are in a lot of sports a student first because in a lot of sports you aren't going to have some NFL career down the line that makes you millions and millions of dollars and even for most football players that's not going to end up being the case but particularly in these other sports there may not even be the hope or the aspiration to go pro and so where does that leave these other students I think if you're a university president what you are thinking is that they will adjust and 
if you don't yep. make the decision based on the dollars, ultimately it will affect that experience, right? Because it affects the facilities. It affects the ability to fund these other sports. That sport, as difficult as it might be to fly across the country, may not even exist for you to compete in if I don't follow the dollars here over the next decade. That would be my perspective, I think, if you're a university or a chancellor. But it is, it from the student perspective, what that professor at Notre Dame is saying, it certainly complicates things even further and maybe complicates things for these professors as well now who are the ones tasked with teaching these student-athletes. I needed that guy to be my professor when I was playing Bill Walsh, right? Sega PlayStation, 1992 when college football came out, and it added an entire <laughs> year to my collegiate career. I could have used some extensions right when I was playing on the about, sticks to about 3 a.m. Yeah, well, it explains a lot about your eight years um, that it took you to get your undergraduate <laughs> degree from Bama. It worked out for you. Uh, we're both sitting in the same place. Ian Fitzsimmons, Amber Wilson, Triple Eight, Say ESPN. Mike is calling us from North Carolina. Hey, Mike, thanks for the call. What do you have for us? Well, I am so glad we finally heard from somebody that actually has some sense with your last caller. Because the next time I hear a university president talk about the well-being of a student athlete, and Ian, you're correct, they're athletic students, I'm going to throw up. It is, it's, it's a money grab. I get it. I understand. But... And the big thing, I started been thinking about this all weekend. How is this going to affect Title IX? That is a valid question. And a side benefit of this, though, may be your mid-majors on your so-called non-revenue sports. They may be getting some really good players. That's uh, And that's kind of my take. Also, oh, one more thing. FSU, go kick rock. <laughs> you want to leave, leave. Nobody wants you. Thank you very much. Well, uh, if they make I don't that know. college football playoff this year, I don't know if you can have a top preseason top 10 team be a dark horse, Amber, but they make that college football playoff and get you that playoff check. As a fan of the Wolfpack, you're going you're gonna to thank Florida State for the extra cash, millions of dollars going also into your account. I mean, as a Gators fan, I will always go ahead and certify the statement FSU go kick rocks. I'm okay with that. Uh, Whatever the reason, uh, coming after that conference realignment, be darned. But sure, FSU go kick rocks. In terms of the the student perspective and and what he was saying about Title IX, I mean, frankly, I would think that when we talk about Title IX, when we talk about the non-revenue sports, when we talk about the implications that extend far beyond college football, you're talking about money to go and help all of that, right? I mean, if you're a university president, that's how you're looking at it. You're looking at this like, hey, now I have $50 million per year instead of $20 million per year, which is what the Pac-12 media rights deal was supposed to get me. And the Pac-12 media rights deal was a very short-term deal where I would have no security for my program, and now I have $50 million per and year's worth of security. It is the difference between... That pays for men's and women's tennis. That pays for men's and women's soccer it, it, it pays for all, all of it all of it uh, and that's the reality and and it's the difference between if we're talking about fsu i think it's like I, I i brought this up the other day i wish i had the statistic in front of me but it's something like when you look at the difference in media rights for purdue and fsu over the next decade you're talking like almost a billion dollars difference for purdue over FSU. You could understand why. Not as much as I want them, up, but just an example. Yeah, right? as there much as go. I want FSU to go <laughs> kick rocks, you could understand why FSU is upset. 
in that that equation. Coming up next, how does all of this realignment impact college football's playoff expansion? We'll get to that component of this story. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do. Big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash unsportsmanlike today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash unsportsmanlike. This is ESPN Radio. It ain't the Pac-12 anymore. Something more like the Pac-4 as everyone is fleeing for other conferences. Amber Wilson and Ian Fitzsimmons hanging out with you here on ESPNU and on ESPN Radio. We've been talking conference realignment all morning long. If you miss any of that, please check out the podcast on the ESPN app. But let's continue to talk about conference realignment. Let's bring in some help with the conversation. Heather Dinich, ESPN college football senior writer joining us. And Heather, I'm sure you're having a really relaxing August. You know, it's a downtime here in sports. I imagine you're on many vacations, really relaxing, nothing much going on at all. Well, I do feel like I was on a different planet. Does that count? But yeah. <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> I mean, goodness, yeah, yeah. the way that the news cycle is moving here now, you know, Oregon, Washington, ASU, Utah, it's like every time I, I turn on SportsCenter, something has changed. Well, it's like I tell my mom, I'm like, mom, just call any time because no time is a good time. So whatever. <laughs> all good. Heather, how is the uh, the 12-team college football playoff going to look now with the Pac-12 disintegrating? You know, you for people who don't know, the 12-team format had, you know, six automatic bids to the six highest-ranked conference champions. So are they going to have to go back and redo this entire format with the Pac-12 now going bye-bye? Well, two things. One, I think we also have to give at least a caveat that there's a small possibility that Pac-12 could go and try and piece itself together with other schools. Now, every source that I've talked to has described that as highly unlikely. So we'll put that aside for a minute, and we'll assume that the Pac-12 dissolves, okay? And if and when it does, the consideration is going to be, I think, a tweak, not necessarily an overhaul to the proposed 12-team model, because they don't have time for that. It starts in 2024. So the most logical consideration would be to have five conference champions and the next seven highest ranked teams as opposed to the six and six model. Because then you still have conference champions from the SEC, the Big Ten, the Big 12, and the ACC. 
Then you get another FBS conference champion. There's your five. And then the next seven highest ranked teams. So that's how it all work out, I think. But they've, the commissioners have to get back and talk about it. And they've been doing, they've had their hands full of a couple other things lately. So early September, end of August, I think they revisit that. Heather Dinich, ESPN College Football Senior Writer, joining us here. You mentioned the Pac-12. It seems unlikely, but it's possible that they could still bring in other schools. I've heard some talk about maybe the Mountain West and the Pac-12 join up. How would that affect things in terms of this media rights deal that is apparently on the table, that is mostly streaming, something like $20 million a deal a, a year? I understand or I assume, Heather, that that applies to – the conference previously known as the Pac-12 as of like a week ago and not this one, wherever this one is headed. So with the Mountain West, if any of their teams were to leave, they would have to pay, I want to say like $30 million in an exit fee. I think that's why a lot of sources and decision makers throughout college athletics think that that that's unlikely. Yes, there could be the possibility of a merger. So we'll just have to wait and see on that. And my understanding with that TV deal that was presented was, yes, you're right about that first year, but incrementally, now based on subscriptions, it would continue to grow. It wasn't enough, obviously, to impress the presidents and chancellors who decided to split because Pac-12 Commissioner George Klyovkov presented that grant of rights on Friday morning, and by Friday evening, we saw what happened. So, um, you know, that, that remains to be seen is my best answer to that. But just in talking to people from coast to coast around the country, their sense is that Washington State and Oregon State would make perfect sense and geographical fits to join the Mountain West, Stanford, Cal, probably begging the ten, Big Ten, desperate yep. to see if they could get into there. Heather, what's the latest involving Florida State and maybe some, to some degree behind the scenes, not nearly as vocal publicly as Florida mm-hmm. State, but also Clemson? So Florida State and Clemson have very different tactics on this, if <laughs> you haven't noticed. Right. <laughs> um, you know, behind the scenes, particularly at Florida State, there are considerations to somehow get private equity to help pay for the $120 million exit fee. Um, you know, people have to understand that this is a legal spider web. This is not something that happens overnight. This is a go to court and fight your way out. I live in the state of Maryland, which joined the Big Ten. I remember how this all unfolded, and it was a similar situation in terms of an actual legal fight. Um, so that could certainly happen as of right this minute. They don't have anywhere to go. There are no official invitations from the Big Ten or the SEC. The one thing I could say with certainty is that there is no knee-jerk reaction in the SEC to react to everything that just happened. There's no sense of panic in that conference. And everyone I've spoken to has basically said the same thing, that Greg Sankey is a very smart and calculated person who's not going to do something just because all of this happened around him. Um, so I also think it's naive to not think that there's conversations happening behind closed doors or what ifs, what ifs, what ifs. So if anything happens in the ACC, I certainly don't think it's imminent, but based on the state of the landscape, I wouldn't rule anything out down the stretch. Is there panic inside the ACC? I mean, they are locked into that media rights deal. You mentioned there for Florida State to leave, you're talking something like $120 million. 
or a huge legal battle that could go on for years and years. So is there actual panic or does the ACC right now feel like it's more just Florida State expressing its unhappiness and not actually the ACC looking towards crumbling? B, I don't think anybody in the ACC right now thinks that that conference is going to fall apart tomorrow. But I also don't think anybody has their head in the sand because this is a conversation that's been going on for a year. I mean, there have been schools who have been pouring over that document with attorneys to find out how they can get out of the grant of rights, which goes through the 2036 season. I mean, what was once viewed as uh, an agreement of stability is now viewed as a ball and chain and people have been looking at it. So that is not new. Um, what new, what's new is the timing of the Florida state president's comments and the forcefulness of it. We talked to Bob Bowlesby, former big 12 commissioner about 45 minutes ago. And we asked him about Rick Pitino's idea. And it's not just Rick Pitino, but a lot of people floated out there that football should separate and have basketball and the Olympic sports on their own and have your regional rivalries and football is under a whole different umbrella. And he shot that down. And he also cited Title IX and legal issues. What are your thoughts on the future of college football possibly separating if they can and, and, and figure out a way to be on their own uh, and everything else, basketball, Olympic sports, are set aside under a completely different umbrella? interesting you bring that up because i spoke to a university president late last night who did the same and said that conversation is being resurrected a little bit uh and i've covered it i've written stories about it it popped up in scottsdale two years ago at the annual spring meetings then it fizzled out and i thought it was over and the i agree with bowlesby that it's probably unlikely because the college football playoff, at least as of now, under CFP Executive Director Bill Hancock, doesn't want anything to do with that. Because if you keep it under the NCAA, they're the ones who have to deal with all the litigation that goes along with it. And concussions and all of, and rules and officiating. There's a lot more than just the postseason to go along with college football. And basically, when you boil it down, the NCAA gets all the crap. And the college football playoff gets all the money. <laughs> so does that change under a new executive director? Maybe. Um, you know, my understanding is that the search is just beginning for somebody to replace Bill Hancock, who announced his retirement. Um, so how that all unfolds. But then you talk to somebody like SEC Commissioner Greg Sankey, and he's been opposed to it because he said, if we separate football, what do I tell my women's basketball players about why we're doing this for them and not for you and my baseball players? And that's a very good point. Yeah, and, and Bullsby referenced uh, it being a violation of federal law when it comes to some of those Title IX issues, which makes a lot of sense. Heather, we're up against the clock, but real quick, in your best guess, are we going to get more changes this week, more conference realignment this week alone? I don't know about this week. I hope not. I'm seriously going to the beach on Friday. Yeah, you're exhausted. <laughs> you want right. ten toes up, right? You're Every, done. Everybody give, all the universities and chancellors here, give Heather Dinich just a few days at least to recover. Heather Dinich, ESPN, college football senior writer. Thanks, Heather. Thanks. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. 
Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. This is ESPN Radio. Hey, let's go do our job, man. NFL Nation 2 Time is here. On ESPN Radio. The Jacksonville Jaguars. Blue 58! Go! This is Mike DiRocco covering the Jaguars. The Jaguars were pretty good offensively in 2022, finishing 10th in yards and scoring. But head coach Doug Peterson wants to average a touchdown more per game in 2023. Christian Kirk and Zay Jones had career years, and now the Jaguars have a potential number one receiver in Calvin Ridley. Evan Ingram is also coming off a career year, and second-round pick Brenton Strange gives them a second pass-catching option at tight end. Third-round pick Tank Bigsby will help the team's short yardage struggles and share the workload with Travis Etienne. With Trevor Lawrence's continued development, the pieces are in place for a top-five offense. Countdown to kickoff with NFL Nation Two-A-Days on ESPN Radio. So you heard it there from Mike, and all of the additions and the development there of all of those weapons that Jacksonville has on offense Of course, we've talked a lot about the development of Trevor Lawrence. I mean, he had some rough outings in the first half of last season. I think people forget that. But you're adjusting to an entirely new system. And then in the second half, boy, he proved himself as a franchise quarterback in the second half of the season. The Jacksonville Jaguars took advantage of an easier schedule there in the second half. They won six of their final seven regular season games. They end up going on to win the division in a season that I don't think anybody quite expected that or even needed that at that point from Jacksonville. They seemed ahead of schedule in many areas, and I think everybody believes in Doug Peterson there to go ahead and take another huge step forward this season. Zero doubt in my mind. My favorite quote coming into the season last year in that playoff run that they had was Travis Etienne jokingly saying with Doug Peterson coming in, he asked about the change and the biggest feel and how different is it coming from that Urban Meyer debacle he goes, man, hell of a time to pick a redshirt year coming off that injured knee, right? So, mm-hmm. I mean, it was. And, and he, he burst onto the scene, as did his Clemson teammate Trevor Lawrence. And they drafted very, very well. You, you heard Michael talk about Tank Bigsby. That's going to be ATN's whoopee. Tank Bigsby, running back out of Auburn, is an absolute beast. He runs angry, and he takes care of the football. He is going to be a welcome addition in that backfield. And on the defensive side, uh, Devin Lloyd, man crush on the Utah linebacker. He is a true leader of men, and he doesn't want to hit you. He wants to hurt you. He is a punishing edge rusher. I thought Jacksonville hit an absolute home run in the draft with both of those selections. And think about this. Calvin Ridley's back. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, Christian Kirk grew over for 11, over 11, 1,100 yards, I think eight, nine touchdowns last year. Zay, Zay Jones had like 800 yards and I think like five or six touchdowns. You add Calvin Ridley to that wide receiving room, man, watch out. And he's angry. He is not happy. Which, watch out. I think you're going to get the Calvin Ridley we saw early in Atlanta, the dude they took you know, in the first round out of Alabama – Calvin Ridley, I think, I think it's going to explode in this offense. They have weapons now all around Trevor Lawrence. This is a very good football team. Calvin Ridley is a player that totaled 1,374 yards, nine touchdowns, over 15 yards per catch mm. in 2020, and they got him coming off a year of rest because of that suspension. This isn't the same to me as a player coming back from injury. We see it all the time across the NFL. What is he going to be like when he comes back? You know, how much of that rust is going to be there? I don't really have many concerns there with Calvin Ridley. I feel like Jacksonville got him on the cheap and that he's going to end up being a monster producer in that offense. I think he's going to be... A, huge for Trevor Lawrence as a target because you had mentioned it there what he already did with what he had through the second half of the last season and elevating that talent around him he doesn't have to elevate the talent of Calvin Ridley like we've already seen that talent what is it going to look like now with Trevor Lawrence having that weapon at his disposal a very proven receiver in the NFL I think it's a huge get for Jacksonville sure maybe there's rust like very early on in the season but I guess my point is it's not the same as when the dude's coming back from injury sitting out a year and and even what we are seeing with the Deshaun Watson suspension, that thing going on for so, so long, I feel like the position that Calvin Ridley's playing, that he should be able to get back in and get his legs back under him rather quickly here. I have high expectations. I don't know if I'm overstating that, but it feels like a very good offense loaded with weapons that just got a whole lot better with that big weapon. Yeah, You know, Amber, I'm never going to discount a Mike Vrabel coach team, having known that man for, for close to 20 years now. Uh, I think Tennessee, that's one of those teams. There's a saying at TCU, we'll fight you to hell freezes over and then fight you on the ice. That's Tennessee under Mike Vrabel. I mean, they are blue collar, want to knock the ever-loving snot out of you type football team. But But still, having said that, Jacksonville has to be your favorite to win that division. I feel pretty good about Jacksonville's chances. I agree with you. Uh, You've uh, made safer bets than uh, betting against Mike Vrabel. I, I will say that Jacksonville is not completely flawless, right? Like you do have you – need, you need Walker to go ahead and take another step up on that defense and develop a little bit more and, and live up to his draft billing. I, I, that O-line, you've got some concerns there. Anton Harrison is going to be replacing Taylor now. You've got Cam Robinson facing a multi-game Turnstile. suspension coming off of violating yeah, the league's – in performance enhancing drug policy. So there, there are some, some issues here, but not many when it comes to Jacksonville and also not the toughest strength, the schedule this season. So we'll see if they're able to capitalize on that. Triple H say ESPN. That is how you capitalize on the moment and join the conversation with Amber Wilson and Ian Fitzsimmons here on ESPNU and on ESPN radio. Robert is giving us a call from Raleigh. Hey, Robert, thanks for the call. Go ahead. Hey, thank you for taking my call. Um, I'm wanting to know how your husband gets away with staying up late. My wife's wake-up time is 5 a.m. I could do it 9 a.m. I could even get up at 9.30 a.m. But she still calls it when it's lights out. So I don't get to stay up late. We're lights out by 9. So, yeah, I'm a little jealous of your husband if he's getting to stay up late. It cuts into my, like, Turner Classic movies or watching my favorite college football team, which would be... Now, I want to let you in on the best 
coaching hire last season, period. And that is not Jim Moore Jr. That's not his name. There's the dad, Dorian Mel, on Saturday mornings, corrected me early last year. There's Jim Ernest Mora, the dad, and Jim Lawrence Mora, the son, who took the coaching job at the University of Connecticut last year. And if you want to know why they're, they won six games, he coached the defense. The defensive coordinator left two weeks before the season. The University of Connecticut puts out a great mini-movie. There's a Boston College, UMass, and the Liberty. If you watch all three, they're 10 minutes each. If you want to just do the Liberty, you'll see where this program's going. And if, okay, if I'm drinking the Kool-Aid, NC State to start the season, Tennessee booked us as their homecoming game. So we win the NC State game. If we could get eight, nine, ten wins, does that all of a sudden make us a program that a conference wants to look, look at? I'm in, I'm not drinking the Kool-Aid. I'm in the punch bowl. Um, but I really think it was the best hire. If you watch a couple of those mini-movies put out by the University of Connecticut, I think you'll agree. And thank you for taking my call. Thanks, Robert, for the call. Uh, I like the confidence there in his football program. I'm more interested in what he said, though, about my marriage. <laughs> All right. How much caffeine has Robert had this morning? No, Robert was waiting, man. He was waiting to it's, get off those takes. I, and I appreciate I do appreciate it. We, we, and we went marriage. We went UConn. We went NC State without Devin Leary. Okay. He was I, I was ready. just trying to follow. He was ready. Uh, we had a conversation earlier in the show. If you missed anything here, you can check out the podcast Ooh. on the ESPN app about some of the difficulties of relationships. And I had revealed that a difficulty of mine, now this was years ago, was settling into when you're first living together and settling into a difference in schedules because I was working the morning show in Miami at the time for many, many years, and that was very difficult and draining, just getting the sleep schedules right, the wake-up schedules right, we don't at this point. I mean, I went to sleep like hours ahead of my husband last night, and it wasn't a it wasn't a thing, Ian. In your household, though, does your wife does she dictate when you go to bed? She's are you kidding me? One, she rules this house with like a an iron fist. Smart woman. Yeah, I mean, As we all should. we all march in fear of my As wife. She should. Yeah, I mean, that's so that's number one. Right there. Number two. So after all my foot surgeries, uh, for people who may not know, I had 16 cuts on my right foot, two on my left. But about four years ago, what? I had a, a, a slew of them. And so I had a hospital bed put in this studio where I do the show from. Well, after I was recovering and didn't need the hospital bed anymore, I was going to move it out of here. My daughters, because they'll come in here on a college football Saturday and turn all three TVs on and just watch games. Or they're coming here with their friends and watch a movie or whatever. So the hospital bed was not allowed to be taken out of the studio. <laughs> so therefore, whenever I do this show, you know where I sleep? There. You're in the hospital in the bed that I'm looking at right now to my right. Oh. Yeah, so there you go. That's how we solve that problem. Yeah. Yeah. My, my wife kicks me out of our room and puts me in here. Smart woman. Uh, Sounds like she knows what's happening there. Coming up next here, Ian Fitzsimmons and Amber Wilson. The U.S. women's national team is out of the World Cup, and some ESPN employees continue to throw away money on a hope (laughs) and on a dream. We will get into that next. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? 
You need to check out Electric E-Bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about Electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, Electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S.com. This is ESPN Radio. The U.S. women's national team got knocked out of the World Cup, right? I guess we should mention it. We haven't mentioned it all show long. It's weird, man. Yeah, we, we we're Americans. About how, we're used to winning that thing. Yeah, how awful it feels to have the Pac-12 gone. It doesn't. If you're, you know, Oregon and Washington going to the Big Ten, they're thrilled. The four corner schools going to the Big Twelve and Arizona State, Arizona, Colorado, Utah, they're thrilled. But just for my a historic and college football fan perspective, it stinks. Well, that's the same with the U.S. Women's National Team. Uh, you know, I, I mean, I woke up yesterday. I was in a great mood, and all of a sudden, it's wait, what? We lost in PKs. You got Megan Rapino airmailed one. That has never happened. She's never missed a PK in international play. The last time she missed a penalty kick was in the NWSL, and she put it on frame. It was just a great save by the keeper. I mean, I, I was I was shocked. My oldest daughter Rowan, she's a goalkeeper. She woke up to watch the game, and I, that's how I found out we lost. I mean, the kid was almost in a puddle of tears. You know, it stinks. But you know what? So many people don't like this particular team. One because they're dominant. You know, they win all the time. They are Alabama football on steroids when it comes to dominating the world stage and their particular sport. You know, but you know, that's that's what's being great. That's that's the price you pay. And now you had so many people around the world celebrating. Here in my focus group of one, it stunk. I was looking forward to watching them just go ahead and hoist that damn trophy again like we're used to. Right. I mean, I, I think it probably speaks to the state of women's soccer around the world. A lot of other countries pouring a lot of resources into the women's game, which is obviously a very, very, very good thing overall, that that game in a lot more countries is getting the sort of resources that we do put behind our women's game here in this country. And so it's going to make the competition over the years stiffer. That's one of the things that's happening. Another thing that's happening is maybe this team just wasn't quite as good, right? And there's a lot of theories behind that, a lot of reasons very for young. that. I'm sure this is going to cost jobs yeah and and it's going to look different in four years it's going to look different in every way in part because it wasn't successful this time but also because you are getting the retirements of the Megan Rapinos and the Julie Ertz's of the world after this world cup it's a very disappointing way for them to lose certainly not used to losing not used to losing in that way but then also you had a goalkeeper for our country who played very well in that game overall actually the experts will say that's the best soccer that we had played in the world cup yeah, and then you was, lose that ironically. game by quite literally a millimeter so the metric system finally got us cuz you you lost it by a millimeter and it was so disappointing i watched those pk's live in real time i was into it as well a really disappointing heartbreaking way to lose it for for uh, some of the young players who who missed those goals as it all Always is, but it is what it is when it comes down to PKs. They should have done better in the group stage. That's the reality of the situation. They shouldn't have been in that sort of knockout situation to begin with against that Swedish team. But 
it shows all around the world that there now is a good direction for that sport, particularly in terms of the women's program. And so the U.S. is going to have to do something and do better in order to not get left behind. It's painful watching these highlights on ESPN2 it, right it, now. It, if you're listening is, on ESPN Radio, we're showing it, and it is just absolutely nauseating like are the, to try and stop. PKs I want to throw best, up on my but boots the right worst, now. You know? Ugh. Can you imagine if we ended college football games like this? Ugh. No, but, but I, I I can't stand a college football overtime. We can talk about that at a, at a That's another That's a whole day. different conversation. Yeah, but, look, and, and I'm a dad of a goalkeeper. It's my wife can't watch PKs. Whenever whenever one of in a, in a game and we're going to PKs, she has to go underneath the bleachers and listens to the crowd. She can't stomach it. It's right. awful. I can imagine so, that. Oh uh, yeah, it's 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 gut wrenching, and especially at this level with, with that much on the line. And our girl stood on her head, man. She was doing yeah, cartwheels in her cage and wasn't on her. We air, we airmailed three of them. Yep. Now we're going It home. certainly was not. And she made her PK, yeah. by the way. So the women, the U.S. women's national team, they are unfortunately coming home uh, much earlier than they wanted to as the Women's World Cup rolled on. Wasn't there a story that you wanted to share here? Because the U.S. women's national team, not the only loser, over the weekend, yeah, another so, big loser, a little closer to home even than our national team, a massive loser in terms of how much money has been spent on a lottery that has like a one in 300 million plus chance of winning and how much money has actually been won in said lottery. You Take yelled at me on Friday for wasting <laughs> 20 bucks every time the Powerball, the Mega Millions gets to a certain number. I wish it was only 20 bucks you guys were throwing into that pot, though. Collectively, it, it, you guys no, collectively are like it's a lot bucks. more. There's it's eight crazy. of us involved in this thing. And Mark Kestisher, our play-by-play man for ESPN Radio on the college football side. Kelly Stoffer is our color analyst, former Seattle Seahawks, Colorado State Ram. John Mandani, our producer. Ken Keith, our spotter, statistician. We're all involved in this. And it started Which, last By the way, year. that entire department now lives on because they did not win the billion on Friday. <laughs> right. Nobody did. So we're still working. We're still calling LSU Florida State, right? We, we, we are still here. We're going to play. They've already Venmoed my wife. I don't have Venmo, right? My, my, my wife handles all that stuff. So they've already sent in their Venmos for tomorrow for $1.5 billion. That's the Mega Millions drawing tomorrow night. Kesty started this whole damn thing last year. We're on the road. It's like week 15, and the Powerball got to around $800 million. He said, hey, we all want to go in on, uh, say, 20 bucks." Sure. We thought it was like a one-time deal, and it didn't hit. So we went in, we went in again and again. And so here, when the Powerball was around a billion just a few weeks ago, that's when we started, Amber. It wasn't just with the Mega. We are now, we have flushed per person 220 bucks right down the toilet. <laughs> Knowing that we're not going to win, you're not going to win. I mean, we got as you. I asked you the question last week. I said, "Look, we've got 85 tickets now because you'll win a little bit, right? So mm-hmm. you, you you just throw it right back in the pool. 85 tickets. That's 170 bucks. 85 chances. We won 12 dollars, <laughs> which means we lost. Right? We lost 158. Yeah." So here we are again. We're going to roll them bones, invested yet again tomorrow night. Stupidly, fiscally irresponsible, but mm-hmm. to hell with it. Because I'll tell you this every time we do this, I sleep like a baby. I mean, forget Ambien and anything else that you might need, melatonin, JV compared to the dreams I have, knowing that one in 300 million going dumb and dumber, you're saying there's a chance. <laughs> Right? 
I sleep dreaming of my lake house and my ski chalet. And that's it. And nobody will ever know I hit it. I'm in a non-disclosed state. That's why they have me buying the tickets now. But I promise you, tomorrow night, I will sleep like a baby. Wake up, get my coffee, check my tickets, say, son of a... And we may have to roll them bones again on Friday. We will all know you hit it because we will all hear at ESPN Radio tried to cut to coverage of LSU Florida State, and there will be quite literally nobody on the broadcast whatsoever. <laughs> I will be it, out there there's some doing defectors. the color commentary <laughs> yeah. for there that will game. Be defectors, without a doubt. There be some guys may just pull the ripcord. If we were to hit this thing by some yeah. miracle, Kelly might might punch. He might he might not say, you know what? I'm going to stay on my ranch here in Nebraska. I'm out. So by so by default, we will certainly know that you hit it. It is a $1.55 billion billion grand prize right now for Mega Millions. That is $757.2 million in lump sum if you take that home. Now, don't be fooled. The government's going to take about half that. But that's how much money you take home if the lump sum cash option is chosen. That is near. That is a record. The previous record was one point five three billion, which was one in South Carolina back in two thousand and eighteen. So these jackpots. So you're saying there's huge. a chance. There's there's a chance. It's a one in three hundred some billion chance, but there is a chance. So our entire radio game department is going to once again uh, be playing the Mega Millions instead of covering college football. This is ESPN Radio.